0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, uh, as always, by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Uh, And, Taylor, we are uh, broadcasting after um, a disappointing third straight loss for Texas in which they held a double-digit lead in the third quarter um, and Texas uh, this time has that happen in Waco, and they lose 31 24 to Baylor. And, you know, each one of these losses to Oklahoma, uh, to Oklahoma State, and now to Baylor have been a little bit different. Um, the storyline has pretty much been the same, but against Oklahoma, Texas's offense. You know, certainly scored enough points, 48, to win the game. The the defense gave out uh, and gave up big chunk running plays. Against Oklahoma State, the offense and Casey Thompson was part of the problem. Throws a pick six, um, you know, when trying to go build on a 17-3 lead. Uh, turns the momentum in the game. And then against Baylor, uh, Texas is down... By three points with 959 left to play after leading 21 to 10 in the third quarter. Uh and Steve Sarkeesian goes for a fake punt on fourth and eleven uh near midfield and gives Cameron Dicker, the punter, uh, an option of you know, rugby punting or going for it. Cameron Dicker, I feel like Steve Sarkeesian was pressing right there. Uh, it didn't need to do that. Just right. Punt. And and then I felt Cameron Dicker was pressing. You know, he wanted to try just like Xavier Worthy trying to bring the kick return out of the end zone late against Oklahoma. Guys are oh, trying try to be a hero. <laughs> you know. You're yeah. trying to be a spark and it ends up being, you know, a complete fail. And 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 this one gets away after that because after the fake punt, Baylor only needed three plays uh to score another touchdown as part of a twenty one oh run. And, and they go up by 10 Mm -hmm. and then Texas is scrambling to get back into the game. And it just feels like, you know, everyone is trying to get rid of this, this nightmare ending and it's backfiring, but I'll, I want to get your comments on that first, but I think there's some good news out there for Texas.
1: Yeah. I think Chip, it's almost like right now, um, especially the last two games, I feel like there's never a point in either the Oklahoma State game or this Baylor game, especially like after the second quarter, where I thought the game was over. And you kind of felt that throughout the entire game against Baylor too. It's almost like Texas is on this like merry-go-round circus ride from hell, you know, where it's like, it seems like, oh, it's about to slow down. It's about to start, you know, be able to get off the the merry-go-round and then it just like kicks into like overdrive and start spinning you like where you're holding on for dear life. And that's kind of what you're seeing right now. I feel like with Texas and again, you know, I, I think you bring up a good point with um, maybe a little bit of pressing going on. I'm not sure if the right decision is to put the, you know, um, put Cameron Dicker in a position where he can, you know, make that fake punt. Cause I was the wrong move by him. Um, obviously he had the option to do um, either there, but yeah, I mean, this is just, it, it's, the one thing that the consistent is, it seems like Texas gets into a position where they're trying not to lose and they're not trying to win. And that's where, you know, this is kind of the same story, different year, a little bit for Texas. has been that way for the last couple seasons. you know, even when there was a cushion lead, it was like, oh, let's take the foot off the gas a little bit and just hold steady. And it's not working out that way. And Texas doesn't really have. You know the difference makers i think across the board to do that and that's what i think you're seeing a lot as the these three straight losses you know it's almost like they play it safe a little bit and then they get a little worried and try to force plays that aren't there and then you know it's definitely not ending in texas favor right now
0: well it was um a nightmare you mentioned the merry-go-round nightmare um it was a nightmare for Bijan robinson this was Uh, his worst game of the season. And it was because Baylor was absolutely committed and they had the horsepower up front um, to put eight and nine men close to the line of scrimmage uh, in the speed at linebacker and nickel with Jalen Petrie to be able to bail if they had to, but they were not going to let Bijan Robinson beat them today. And they hold him to a, a season low 43 yards rushing.
1: Yeah. 2.5 yards per carry.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he was hit in the backfield a lot. And after the game, he said, Our, you know, this was the closest I've heard him to saying, you know, some frustration. He said, Our, our offense, our O line was having issues um, with what Baylor was executing. Um, They were in the backfield a lot. And I was doing everything I could uh, to get back to the line of scrimmage. Um, So, you know, credit Baylor, uh, Steve Sarkeesian acknowledged that Baylor was loading up to stop the run and threw it all over the place. And Casey Thompson opens the game five of five uh, for 101 yards and two touchdowns, including, you know, burning that Baylor defense, which was leaving receivers in one-on-one coverage uh, with a 63-yard touchdown pass to Xavier Worthy. Um, it was one of those weird situations again where Texas is up 14 to 10, but Baylor has run 13 more plays than Texas after the first quarter and held the ball um, for, you know,
1: 10 and a half minutes of the first quarter and a half
0: minutes uh, Mm -hmm. to four and a half minutes of the first quarter. So uh, nonetheless, Texas leads 14 to 10 Casey Thompson ends up uh, at halftime, 12 of 16 passing. And he had an interception, but it went through the hands of, of Joshua Moore. And, and this is a, another situation, Taylor, where you mentioned, you know, they don't have the playmakers. We talked all off season about how receiver and offensive line were the big concerns on offense, just in terms of the depth that mm-hmm. you had. I mean, thank God for Xavier worthy, right?
1: Yeah, seriously, God,
0: this freshman has turned into a monster. He had over hundred yards receiving today. Uh, because Jordan Whittington goes down. He's their best receiver on third down. Um, and you're waiting, waiting, waiting for Joshua Moore, who has has proven himself. He's made big plays in, in big games. But today, you know, he drops a touchdown pass. He has a ball go through his hands that gets intercepted. And, in fact, it happened on the followed. very next play. Mm-hmm. And then he fumbles in the second quarter and it it was a tough call the re, there wasn't a good replay review Texas is playing in these obscure games so they don't have enough cameras to review Texas actually had three weird plays that got reviewed and all of them went in in Baylor's favor that um that fumble by Josh Moore was he down was he not down um then the there was a, a running into the kicker they said he tipped the ball I couldn't see it. I don't know if you saw a replay. Uh, yeah. That
1: I, I will say that the tip, that was kind of a 50-50. And I think the I do think that his knee was down because I, I, full disclosure, you know, Chip and Jeff covered the game in Waco. If you can tell by my voice, it's not sounding very good So I've been under the weather a little bit. So I stayed back and watched it. But the TV angle did, sh- did look like the ball barely came out. Um, I'm not sure that they would have been able to you know, if they didn't call it a fumble, I don't know if they would ret- you know reverse that call. The tip ball kind of did, but I think right now at this point with Texas leaving the Big 12, any of those 50-50 calls that could go either way or no calls, they're not going to go in the way of the favor of Texas right now and this Big 12 officials, I mean they're making it very clear. And I hate I I hate when people blame officials. I'm not blaming officials for this loss in any way shape or form, but Texas is definitely getting some the short end of the stick will call it in a lot of these games. And I would not be surprised if that continues until they go to the sec, honestly, Chip.
0: Yeah. The other weird call was on third and six, there was a six yard pass to, to Tyquan Thornton, and it looked like it may have bounced. Mm. Uh, and they called it a catch and upheld it as a catch and that sustained a drive, uh, to a touchdown that, um, that Baylor, um, you know, it, it was part of that 21 0 run that Baylor went on uh, to erase the 11 point lead that Texas had. Uh, but, but Taylor, the bottom line is Texas desperately needed its receivers to step up today because they knew that Baylor was going to load up to stop B. John Robinson, which they did. And Casey Thompson was going to have to make plays um, in the passing game, which he did. But Josh Moore drops a touchdown pass, a ball goes through his hands that gets intercepted. And then Marcus Washington drops a couple of passes and doesn't go hard enough on a 50, 50 ball. That would have been a a first down catch, uh, in the drop Taylor. I, I saw the replay, you know, Casey Thompson's getting pressured and This is at the end when they're trying to, to score, to, to tie the game and, this would have been a 49 yard completion to the Baylor 20 and Marcus Washington has the ball in his hands. And as he's trying to secure the ball, it just comes out of his hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- the broadcast team, they were talking about like, oh, that was a good play or pass breakup. It really wasn't a pass breakup. I even saw I was sitting there. I was like, that's not a pass breakup. That's a drop. Like, I mean, the Baylor player was in very good position, but he didn't touch the ball his arms were near in the vicinity of it but he didn't touch it. I mean that was a straight up drop in my opinion on Marcus Washington and a key one as you mentioned.
0: Right cuz they they would have had first down at the Baylor 20 with 203 left, down 7. And who knows? Maybe yeah. you know, you certainly have a better chance of scoring a touchdown at that point than you do on 3rd and 10 back at your um back in your own end of the field. So they needed playmakers to step up and make plays at the receiver position. And it, it didn't happen today. And that, I mean, it did, but there were four big drops and and a, not very well, um, you know, on a 50, 50 ball, you got to go get it. And, and Marcus Washington, I felt like, you know, he had seven catches for 70 yards and, and yet, all we're going to talk about are the plays he didn't make. Right. And and I don't know I don't know who to be upset with. I don't know to, <laughs> if I should be upset with Marcus Washington or his lack of development or the poor recruiting. Because Marcus Washington is a junior who's been waiting his turn and his turn is now and this was a game that was very much a winnable game for texas obviously they were up 11 in the third quarter and when you need playmakers to step up and deliver and they don't who do you get mad at
1: right yeah and 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 like i know that you know there's a lot of texas fans in our message board that like don't want to hear this right now too chip but can you even get mad at sark and his this staff right now too because of it because they, I mean, they haven't had the chance to get their guys in. I guess the, I guess, who you get mad at possibly is Andre Coleman, the receivers coach. He's been one of the consistent coaches that's been, you know, on staff. Now, I don't think Andre Coleman had very much say in last year under Tom Herman. I think that Tom Herman vetoed a lot of the decision-making at who to put on the field at receivers, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass there. But you're right. Marcus Washington's been on campus too long to not be developing in a way that you expect, you know, a high rated four star player to develop um, when they come out of high school, like rank that way. I mean, there's there's a lot of other players that are going elsewhere and are developing seems like much quicker than Texas. I don't know if that's just because of the turnaround, consistent turnaround. It seems like it's, um the only consistency that this program has seen uh, when it comes to coaching staffs or what. But there's something going on with the receivers that they aren't developing and you make a really good point. I mean, right now, the the best playmaker on this team essentially was a non-factor in this game. He was erased from this game. And if that happens, you have to have some dogs out there that are going to be like, okay, well, Bijan's carried us in so many of these games. He's he's the reason why, you know, the Texas he's a big reason why the Texas offense has been very successful. And if you're not going to step up for that guy, then what are you doing? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, what are yeah. you doing?
0: It's it was a day where it was very clear who the playmakers were going to have to be and the other point i would make taylor is steve sarkisian's gotta run casey thompson more by design yes because look that's gonna help free up Bijan robinson when you have to account for the quarterback in the running game it opens things up it puts defenders in conflict and Um, I thought we might see that more. I mean, Casey had a 25 yard scramble, Mm -hmm. um, late in the game, the guy can run and he needs to run because especially on a day like today, where, you know, the defense is just loaded up, uh, between the tackles to make sure that, and has the speed outside, thanks to guys like Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard to, to. Clip Texas's outside zone running scheme. Um, You need to be able to find yards some other way in the running game, and I just get the sense with Iowa State up next, another tough defense with a bunch of returning starters, although um, Iowa State lost today to West Virginia in Morgantown 38-31. I think you have to incorporate um, Casey Thompson more in the running game to, to find a way to move the football on the ground on a day where the defense is selling out to stop the run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Casey Thompson is viewed as more quote unquote athletic quarterback. I know that Steve Sarkeesian's, it's not necessarily his ideal style to have a running type of quarterback and nobody's asking Casey Thompson to be a Sam Ellinger. Even I don't think, you know, I mean, you're not expecting him to have to run to make this offense go like how Sam Ellinger did in a lot of games in his career, but he has the tools. He has the uh, athletic ability. And I mean, you saw him even, I think it was in the first half, like, you know, he um, had the D- Baylor defender on skates. I mean, he had like that one cut and he uh, scrambled in, on the, I don't know if it was a design quarterback run or not, but I mean, he, he has the tools to, to, be a weapon in the running game, and I 100% agree. I agree with you. I think that it's it's time to you know let loose a little bit, um, and obviously playing a little bit you know safe or um, maybe not utilizing some of those things because they may be outside their comfort zone. I mean, at what point now, Chip? What what's what do you have to lose? Right. You know, what's you what's you got to see? You got to try to find a way to salvage the season. Texas still needs two wins to get bowl eligible. And you've got to, you got to take some chances, I think, down the stretch. And and I think that starts with opening up the quarterback running game, too. I agree with you with that.
0: Well, um, Texas, the good news is Texas got off to another fast start. And
1: is it good news anymore? No, <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. it's bad news. <laughs> I think
0: it's a sign that their scripted plays are, are working, that Steve Sarkeesian knows how to get his offense going, get it into rhythm. Um and they had a they had an awesome uh 14 play 75 yard drive that took six minutes and eleven seconds off the clock uh to open the second half. And um it was a thing of beauty. They needed um, a fourth and goal uh run with Keandre Coburn as Bijan Robinson's lead blocker uh to to finish that drive off um, uh, on Bijan Robinson's one yard touchdown run. And it's a, it's a good thing. The refs didn't see Keandre Coburn just bear hugging Jalen Petrie on that play, but um, it was a, it was a great drive clock eating drive. You're thinking, Oh man, defense got to rest all, all through halftime. And then for six more minutes, uh, of game time, which we know is like 20, 25 minutes of actual time. And then Baylor goes on a nine play 75 yard drive. Um, that takes four minutes off the clock and they convert, um, let's see, is this, oh, sorry. This is um, where Baylor converts a fourth and five from the Texas 20 fourth and five from the Texas 20 Jerry Bohannon hits uh, RJ Snead on a crosser and they get the first down and end up scoring a touchdown. That play was huge, Mm -hmm. you know, fourth and five and Baylor clearly saw something that they felt like they could exploit and it was RJ Snead on a crossing route. And, you know, he makes the catch for 14 yards to the, to the Texas six and two plays later. Um, Gary Bohannon takes it in for a, a six yard touchdown run, but um, you know, they're not playing complimentary football today, special teams, Uh, As good as Cameron Dicker was, because he had a 58 yard punt and he had a 42 yard punt that was downed at the Baylor seven. And whatever that punt, you know, running into the punter was, because his punt went 34 yards uh, to the Baylor 20. But um, special teams, I just felt like Steve Sarkeesian was pressing uh, with the fake punt. Cameron Dicker, um, you know, should have rugby punted that thing. I didn't see what he saw where he thought he could you know, from 15 yards back behind the line, run another, you know, he would have had to run 26 yards in total and he got yeah. two.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, he would have had to run a quarter of the football field essentially in order to get that. I, I don't know what he saw either. I mean, he essentially only gained what a yard it would have been. So I think or two, yards. two yards. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's, um, you don't want to see it, especially coming out of the bye week You don't want to see them, or feel that the team is pressing and that's exactly what you saw chip i have a i have a question for you and i'm going to preface this with we we did not discuss this at all prior to the show and i know that it's a little bit different today because baylor did a really good job of being in the backfield you know really eliminating dijon robinson out of the game plan however chip you go back to that tcu game where even though there wasn't you know Bijan, there was a couple of plays where he was only getting a couple of yards. They still kept giving him the ball. Following that, Gary Patterson questioned Bijan having that many carries in a game, having 35 carries in a game. Do you think that has shaken Steve Sarkeesian a little bit, the questions of if they were over-utilizing Bijan Robinson or putting too much of a workload on him being a young running back? Because you haven't seen Bijan be as involved, especially later in games, since that TCU game.
0: You know, I don't think so. Um, I think they would. You know, Steve Sarkeesian's mo has always been: if he has a stud running back, that you know he runs him um, right. every every step of the way. Do you feel that uh, like he's
1: he is running him as as much as he ha- should be, though?
0: Well, I I do, but I think they have to be more creative. And mm-hmm. you know, they ran Bijan on first down against Oklahoma state late in the game and he was getting one yard and zero yards and you know, they were, they were predictable. And so right. when they would run Bijan, it wasn't effective. And um, you can't just rely on him to make everybody miss, but
1: right. <laughs>
0: you still have to find ways to, you know, get him involved, whether it's the passing game or, jet sweeps or whatever it is, counter plays. He loves the counter play. Um, and they, you know, they, they mix it up. They run the outside zone. They run power plays with Cade Brewers, the lead blocker. Um, but yeah, 17 carries for 43 yards today. He had the, the one yard touchdown run, 2.5 yards per carry, his worst um, production of the season. And, and so, you know, that's, that's on Steve Sarkeesian and this offensive line. I mean, obviously, you want to see the offensive line get better. They had two penalties today. Texas only had four penalties. Two of them were on the offensive line uh, for false starts. One was, again, early in the game. Texas couldn't overcome it. Um, in fact, uh, Casey Thompson got sacked on a delayed blitz right after the false start. And that drive went, it was Texas's second possession and went nowhere. Um, but Dicker had a 58 yard punt that helped get him out of uh, a bad situation there. And, you know, I, I look over it, what Baylor was doing. Um, Texas defense gave up 199 yards rushing um, on 42 carries 4.7 yards per carry. 69 of those came in the fourth quarter, including a 32 yard touchdown run. Um, So, you know this defense and they're rotating a lot of guys i mean you'll see a lot of keandre coburn and moro jomo in there and you'll see a lot of you know byron murphy and tavandre sweat in there uh, with alfred collins alfred collins made some plays today let me let me get to the positive okay taylor because i i do think this texas team is close mm-hmm. um and i do think that they believe they still believe uh in each other and in this coaching staff i think they're you know i used to hate it when mac brown would say this they're trying too hard mm-hmm. i think we've had some guys try to be heroes and it's cost texas um i think St- steve sarkisian uh, with that fake punt was pressing when he didn't need to be pressing it led to cameron dicker pressing um but I think Casey Thompson is playing well enough and has played well enough in two of the three losses to win the game. I thought he played well enough today to win the game. Um, and I think Xavier Worthy's a stud and the defense forced two more turnovers today. Jerry, Jerry or Gary Bohannon, I guess is how it's pronounced spelled Jerry. But, um, Gary Bohannon had one interception coming into the game and Texas intercepted him twice. One, you know, by BJ Foster set up, uh, a, a touchdown for yeah, for the example. first
1: touchdown of the game. Yeah.
0: So the defense is coming up with turnovers and yes, they're giving up too many yards between the twenties they gave up a fourth and five at their 20, uh, that led to a, a touchdown, but they're close and they need, um, They need playmakers to step up. They need Marcus Washington to step up. If not, then bring on Kelvonte Dixon. Let's see what he's got. If not, bring on Casey Kane, because we're at that point now where we got to see if other guys have that ability to make the play when their team needs it, Uh, because now you're going on the road to Ames, Iowa to play an angry Cyclones football team that just lost at Morgantown with, Another defense loaded with a bunch of returning starters um who love to to play against Texas and Ames.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And and you're right. And and Josh Moore, I think, has has to be thrown in the mix too of you got to step up as well. I mean, I know he did have the first touchdown, um, you know, and and he's been up and down and he's had some really big and key plays, but he's he's too veteran to for us to be talking about this right now, you know, and I think he he's deserved the benefit of the doubt. I do think that, you know, until this offensive line, I know there's some people that may want to see Hudson card right now, chip, but until this offensive line gets better, it's not going to matter what quarterback is in. I mean, it's really not. And what we've seen from Hudson card, you know, earlier, obviously in this, in the year, I'm not sure that he's the right one to be back there behind this offensive line um, after that Arkansas game. And I, and I don't know, And I know that some people are going to disagree. I I don't know what you do at this point, because if the offensive line continues to play this way, it's not going to matter who the quarterback is. They're going to have to just be used to having guys in their face. And right now, Casey Thompson has shown, you know, a better ability of being able to handle that and being able to, you know, take hits and not get rattled so quickly, like how Hudson Card struggled in Arkansas. So it's, there's, there's definitely a lot to work with. Um, And I think, you know, this is, this is what comes with, you know, a a first year coaching staff and, you know, changes on, in schemes. I do think that the one thing I'll give the defense credit for too is late in the game. You know, they put the Texas offense in a position to win the game, you know, with getting that, that late fourth quarter stop and giving the ball back to the offense with what was it like four minutes, I think, or something left in the the game. So they, they did what they needed to do down the stretch, but you're right. They are getting gashed between the twenties. They're still doing a decent job at least in the red zone. Um, so that's something I guess that's a little bit better. I do feel like it was a more fundamentally sound defensive performance today. And from for the most part, obviously, there's some there's always going to be misses. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just there's no football team in the history of any level of football that's played a perfect game. So there's going to be, you know, some guys you can probably point to. But I do feel like the defense is getting better Um you know, and at least in putting the the offense in a position to win the game right now and the offense just has to answer and the, the playmakers, the skill players, especially they've got to answer.
0: I think there's a shortage of leadership um, mm-hmm. uh, on defense from either vocal leadership or sideline leadership or what? I mean, Pete Kwakowski's in the press box during games, so and he's not a real fiery guy anyway. The guy on the sideline is Jeff Choate. The co-defensive coordinator, who is fiery, um, and and look, they need leadership, but I do see young players emerging. Yeah, I mean Byron Murphy is going to be a star on the defensive line. Alfred Collins should already be your best defensive player, but he's making plays every game now. Uh, he forced a fumble today that Baylor recovered, uh, but it resulted in a three-yard loss, and um, and he's making plays and you know i jalen ford god bless him he he was in position to make a play he overran it ended up uh getting gashed for a 20-yard run and and jaron thompson had a big play on fourth and one i want to give him credit for this because it was almost the exact same play that he had against oklahoma where he had caleb williams uh two yards behind the line dead to rights missed him and it Turns into a 66-yard touchdown run today. He on fourth and one made the play for a two-yard yeah. loss. Some other plays, you know, got away from the secondary from he and BJ Foster, but a lot of times it was because gaps were missed in front of them, and then they were having to scramble uh, with a bad angle. But I, I I do feel like this defense is getting closer. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't get gashed, gashed in the running game until after the f- failed fake punt when they gave up the 32-yard touchdown run. So I'm going to I'm gonna be positive there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <And> I,
0: I, <laughs> I do like Darian Dunn. I do like Darian Dunn. I
1: was going to say, I, I do too. I, he just absolutely leveled or laid the hammer on that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he, and then, you're not going to question if he's going to hit you hard, I think.
0: And then offensively, you know I trust Sarkeesian to script the first half and the third first drive of the second half was fantastic. As I as I mentioned, they've got to they've got to find a way to, you know, to instill confidence in these players in the fourth quarter and uh, the coaches have to put them in position, but then the players have to deliver. and And today uh, the coaches tried a little too hard to put them in position with the the fake punt call, not the right call. And Marcus Washington, God bless him, had a chance to be the hero um, with a you know what would have been a 49-yard catch to the Baylor 20 with two minutes left. And it's in his hands. He's like yeah. going to secure the ball and he comes out Rock. of his hands. I don't know yeah. what happened there. So I think um you got Casey Thompson's making what uh his sixth start in this game? Yes. So you know, I'm not ready to pull the plug on Casey Thompson. I think again, I think he played well enough to win today, but Steve Sarkeesian is going to have to run Casey Thompson more to open things up for Bijan Robinson.
1: Yeah, I totally agree that you got to have more than just one, one guy back there, and especially going against this the next game in Iowa state. I mean, Iowa state's defense, isn't some scrubs, you know, I mean, they've been playing, pretty well i know that the team itself has not you know lived up to the hype i think that they expected Iowa State to be this year but still i mean this is another tough challenge on on the road and yeah i mean they they've got to find ways to get the yards you know if it's not handing it off to number five
0: yeah if i'm a recruit right now uh, a receiver or an offensive line recruit i'm going to texas because i know i can play
1: yeah exactly that is very immediately
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I jumping in the started. transfer
1: portal if I'm at another school and I'm way behind on the offensive line. Cause I mean, whoever has got to be better than what you're seeing right now.
0: All right, folks, thanks for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, there is a little bit of light, I think uh, at the, t- at the end of the tunnel, I, I walked out of McLean stadium feeling like uh, Texas is going to go to Ames and win next week. And I'm I probably shouldn't be predicting Texas to win any more games until they show me they can finish one. But um, I think this team believes in each other still believes in, in the coaching and uh, they just got to learn how to be the man. Cause they just don't have a lot of proven leadership, uh, vocal leadership on this, on this roster right now, which is a little surprising with Uh, All those guys on defense who transferred in from LSU, Alabama, Notre Dame, um, and they're making some plays, but uh, not enough. Mm -hmm. So until next time, which will be Monday, uh, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening to the Flagship Podcast. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel uh, and, and that you're a member, an annual member horns 24-7 so you get all the premium content from all the sites on the preeminent uh, college football and basketball network 24-7 sports Uh, thanks again everybody for listening stay safe and keep the faith